I'm Dr. G, and for the past 10 years of my life, I've been passionate about all things holistic healing. I've been committed to healing myself and others from the inside out by incorporating some of the most effective modalities for healing the mental, the emotional, and the physical. I've learned that they give us the opportunity to be our most authentic and powerful selves. Heal Thyself is a show dedicated to just that. Today's show is going to be incredible, and I say it every week, of course I do, because it is incredible. Knowledge bombs of digestible information to empower and create clarity on what the highest version of us looks like. Product reviews to provide informed consent so you can buy the safest and best products out there, better than the first two that I spoke about, and you're getting other B vitamins, which are energizing, right? Get off of it, throw it away. And special guest segments with some of the brightest and most elite minds in their field. So what is that like on my nervous system? Six hours of holding that emotion. Here's the earth, here's the mechanisms and mechanics of an earth when it breathes. We would think much different about that asthma patient that shows up. All to create change in all the parts that make you, you, so we can start healing ourselves and each other. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And they're quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula, 
packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another week in the new year of Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining the show as always. And I'm going to say how grateful I am that we're doing another year of Heal Thyself and how grateful I am for all of you who've been listening to the show from day one, from show 150, 200, whatever it is. Thank you for showing up and really, really big thanks for you sharing the show to anyone who really needs this information. And that's what we do, right? Bring in guests who are going to give us new perspectives, new ideas, new ways to integrate health into our lives because health is the spectrum, right? And it's mental and it's physical and it's emotional and it's spiritual. To think that health is not holistic is the biggest crime that we do in medicine. And it's one of the biggest shortcomings in medicine that you come in and we just treat the physical and then leave. It doesn't work that way. That's not a holistic view. That's a reductionist view in health and that's not what we do. Here at Heal Thyself, given all the love for the new year, we have a great show. We have my friend, my close friend, one of my first guests on the show, uh, Aaron Alexander. He developed the Align Method, and it's really our guidebook for getting back into our bodies, building stronger bodies, sharper minds, reducing stress in our lives. It is our method. It is our Bible for getting ourselves to health. He's an incredible, well-spoken, well-researched friend of mine, and conversations with him I never can predict where they go, so I'm coming with an open mind. But what I do know is that they're always profound, they're always enlightening, and they're always just incredibly resonant. Man, this guy was the first person to come on the show twice, and now he's the first person to, in, to come on the show for the third time. My boy, Aaron Alexander, come into the show with his new upgraded, updated book, my guy, thank you for joining all the way from Austin, Texas, coming out. I'd like to think you flew just for the Heal Thyself show. I flew specifically for this. That's a lie because I looked at your Instagram and <laughs> you I saw can, you do you three, can, four podcasts this morning. voice <laughs> quiver a little bit, waver. We could talk about that. Exactly, exactly. So, But that's okay because I appreciate you being here, my man. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So you had a brilliant idea. Right before we were about to go on air, you wanted to do breath work. Oh, I'm yeah. Think, I'm yeah, thinking we, we get everyone who's listening and viewing to do some breath work with us. We should do that. And if you've never done breath work, this is going to be gentle. It's nothing crazy, right? Uh, it might be a little kind of crazy. A little kind of crazy. But very short. Uh, for, very short. Yeah, so yeah. We, okay. we're not, yeah, not a big investment. So what are we going to do? Yeah. So first, the reason I think this is interesting to do uh, in general with the audience and with you uh, is to be able to describe how breath can be leveraged as a tool to either upregulate, make you feel more stimulated, awake, cognitively clear, um, or downregulate, like rest, digest, relax. So when you are huffing and puffing, which that's become popularized with like Wim Hof, especially, that's putting your body more into a sympathetic, like fight, flight, like get up and at them type state, which is great. But oftentimes people think that the reason that they feel kind of more like numb or it's easier to get in a cold plunge after they do that breathing pattern, it's because they're actually cueing their body up for like attack. And so then their body goes through this, it's called stress-induced analgesic effect, where it literally like it makes you be, you know, like impervious to pain for a moment. And then the other side of that is calming the nervous system. 
So if people want to stimulate themselves, they can huff and puff. If they want to calm their nervous system, then they can do long exhalations, even breath holds, things of the sort. So we're going to do both. Essentially nice. just like a Wim Hof, but just having that overlay of like, this is what's actually happening. Okay. So to start off, first thing to think about when doing really anything uh, but breath work is first finding orientation in your body. So feeling the weight of your feet on the ground. If you're sitting down on a chair, make sure your hips are up above the height of your knees. If you're sitting on the floor, same thing, get a ground cushion or something of the sort. And then just notice a subtle little lift up through your neck. Imagine there's a little string, string attached to the back of your head, slowly pulling you up to the ceiling. And just notice your body for a moment. Notice the weight of your body. Notice the temperature in the room. Notice any ambient noises. Just taking a moment to notice. We're just going to do 30 <clears throat> breaths. I oftentimes forget how many we're doing, so 30-ish breaths through the mouth. You're going to inhale, big old honk and inhale, and then just, just let it fall out. Then on the 30th-ish, we're going to exhale all our air, hold that breath just beyond comfort, whatever's good for you, mm -hmm. and then we'll do a breath hold, and I'll talk us through some, some postural stuff as we're doing that. Listo? Listo. Okay, vamos. Spine. As your mind starts to wander, come back and do sensations in your body. Or just be uncomfortable. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Fill up. Take another sip of air. Another sip of air. One more sip. Squeeze your pee muscles, pelvic floor muscles. Draw your chin back, lengthen up through the spine, up to the ceiling, keep the P muscles squeezed. You could add in looking up with your eyes. Our eyes are continually tracking down towards our phones, typically. It's a great opportunity to unwind that and relax. Come through and just do a little twist of the spine. It's just gonna rotate forward back and just starting to notice the spine almost like imagines like a like a tree branch maybe like bamboo bruce lee feeling that connection from the lower back up to the thoracic spine up to the neck just that ease of movement spaciousness in between each vertebra fluidity stability support come slowly allow that circle to get smaller and smaller until you find center Take a moment, just gratitude for your body, for your breath. 
moment with my guy Christian. Slowly open your eyes, come back in your body. Start this motherfucking podcast. <laughs> what a way to start the podcast. I love it. Wow. I definitely get you in your body. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's really nice. We it's- have access to so many tools all the time. It's just a matter of investing the two and a half to three minutes to actually do the thing. Seriously, how long did that take? Five total? Could have been five. Yeah. And how, what, we go on Instagram for five minutes, on Facebook five minutes, no watch problem. a YouTube video for five minutes. But we come back to our bodies and it feels good, right? And we forget yeah. how out of touch we are with our bodies. Yeah. So this is right at our disposal anytime. We can yeah. do this practice. And you said that this is the one that calms down the nervous system, right? So the latter part is the, the calming aspect. Mm. The initial part is the amplifying. The huffing, the puffing. Huffing and puffing is amplifying. In the book, we talk, I, I borrowed from Brian McKenzie and his uh, partner. Are you familiar with Brian McKenzie? Mm-hmm. Breathwork, breathwork mm-hmm. guy, really great. Um, and they describe breathing patterns as a, a gear system. So first gear continually is in and out through the nose, slow breathing. Second gear is in through the nose, slow, a little bit faster out through the nose and onward, upward until fifth gear is like full. And then you're tr- always trying to get yourself back, lowering the gears. If you get yourself in the, the chronic habit of over-breathing, your cells, your red blood cells, your hemoglobin, they become essentially like lazy, like slavish. Mm-hmm. So suddenly your, it's the, the oxygen binding affinity, those cells, they, get, they become stingy with, with oxygen. When you breathe less, you start to develop a little bit of an air hunger, you could call it. Those cells end up releasing that oxygen more effectively because they get the signal that you have less of it. Mm-hmm. And so breathing less of the day and specifically breathing through the nose for a you know, ton of different reasons is going to be immensely valuable for um, one, just making, literally making your, your blood cells more efficient mm-hmm. slash, you know, most everything. So you're, so you're a big proponent of then breath holds throughout the day? For sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, especially from exhalation just because it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. So we can do, and what the, what we did is a typical healthy, safe breath hold for most people, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And your body's only begin. you're literally, I mean, you're, you're changing at a, you know, at a, a cellular level, the efficiency and function, function of your red blood cells, like in real time, like now. Yeah. I feel great when I breath hold. I, it's, it's it, when I'm, whenever I'm doing breath work and I look forward to the breath hold when they tell us to breathe out, Yeah, I kind of fake breathe out, but then I really hold my breath. Yeah. Cause it feels yeah, good. Yeah, me too. It kind of feels good. And I'm like, oh, I could go longer. Well, humans, humans have been attempting to alter their state since the beginning of ever. Yeah. Any culture that has access to some type of mind altering plants or, you know, whatever it may be, ergot, you know, or psilocybin mm-hmm. or, you know, Amanita muscaria mushroom, like that's like the, the origin story of Christmas and the red and white Santa Claus and the ornaments hanging off of the tree and the red and white packages underneath. Mm-hmm. Red and white, that Amanita muscaria, it's the most famous mushroom on the planet, mm-hmm. the Super Mario mushroom. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's representative. Oh, I didn't know that. So, Christmas. Yeah. So Siberian shamans would gather these red and white mushrooms, they'd put them in their sack and then they'd take them to the, the people's homes and there was so much snow that they would go and, and drop them into chimneys because no the door was snowed out. So Santa Claus shaman comes, drops the treats down the chimney. They would hang these Amanita muscari mushrooms up from uh, trees. Uh, and, and then that's how they would dehydrate them and dry them. Pretty interesting. Amazing. Like ornaments. <laughs> like ornaments. And then people would eat them. 
And then people would eat them, yeah. And then <clears throat> the reindeer, they uh, reindeer would consume these mushrooms and then they would process out some of the chemicals that would cause people to get sick. And so out through their pee, there's just the psychoactive aspect without some of the compounds that make you feel like nauseous. Yeah. And so you could actually drink the urine from the reindeer. Yeah. The concept of reindeer flying is probably because they were super freaking high and would see reindeer flying. I, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, that fact about the reindeers, I just learned from TikTok last week. I was watching a reindeer sprint and they go, did you know about reindeer pee and mushrooms? Oh, and I was good, like, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then I watched the video and I was like, whoa. Yeah. But um, it makes sense. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did, did they just see flying reindeers because they were just high? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff speculation. There's speculation around, um, you know, Jesus, Christianity, the mm -hmm. Bible, Dead Sea Scrolls, like the, the original origins of that. And... Uh, cultures that don't have access to some mind-altering something will go through what's called ordeal poisoning, where they'll essentially go through some ordeal that induces some type of psychedelic type state. So starving or pain or something. Oh, I see. Yeah. And which has been really part of a lot of cultures and religions is, is the fasting starvation part of it. Yeah. Right. To induce that state or or dipping yourself into, you know, really cold, cold water or something like that. Yeah, it's like if you're always too comfortable, you buffer yourself from actually getting into like the the juice. Yeah, yeah. And and that's something you really embody. Every time I open up one of your stories, you're doing something that's not comfortable physically or you're challenging yourself mentally. And I know that you're a big proponent of that. I'm sure there's a whole chapter in that in this new book here, The Align Method. Yeah. Um, what 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 are some of the things that you do and and how do you really feel are we in a overly comfortable state as a society mm -hmm. and what are some of your opinions on that so comfort obviously is a, is a subjective word and comfort's just whatever you become habituated to so if you have habituated yourself to maybe continually staring at your phone laying in your lazy boy sofa in a dark room and you know your eyes aren't habituated to actually being able to take in full spectrum light you know, when you first, if you're like, you've been inside playing video games all day, right? it's uncomfortable to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> right? I remember those days, actually. Yeah, me too, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were great times. I had a great time during that, during that time frame. Comfort's a totally subjective word. There's no one comfort. Uh, and as a, I, as a person gets more, I think as you start to like reap the fruit of doing these things like maybe getting cold or getting really warm, doing like a sauna session or doing some breath work or just like exercising. Like everyone's had that experience. Yeah. I don't want to exercise. I know that I'm going to feel better. And you just, it's just a matter of, you know, Rogan, Joe Rogan refers to it and David Guys refer to it as like, like silencing your inner bitch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we need to be willing to just trust the process and get through that initial three minutes or four minutes or five minutes. So instead of thinking like, oh my God, I don't want to go on a five mile run, you know, I don't want to do the cold plunge. It's like, cool, like don't, you know, I don't want you to do five minutes in the cold plunge, just do 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need to do a 20 mile run, like just literally run a quarter mile, Yeah. you know, and then from there, then we start to kind of reconstitute our perception of like comfortable. Yeah. That's what I do with myself. If I'm coming out of the sauna and I see that cold bunch, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not going to do it. Oh yeah. Answer. It needs to be in your visual field. It has to be in the We visual. become the shape of our environment. Yeah. So I see it through the glass the whole time. Yeah. Like, it, like taunts you. It's taunting me, yeah. right? It actually has a flap and the <laughs> flap turns into a mouth and it's like, you won't enter. No, you won't. <laughs> Dude, I have the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I, but Inevitably, I'm like, I'll do 30 seconds, but it actually goes more than that. You yeah, know, it, it's it's just 
aiming the aiming low for me, especially with, with a cold with the cold uh, plunge, yeah. is really helpful for me because then I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, yeah. But every time it's like never gets easier yeah. to make my, I can make myself uncomfortable in other ways, but the cold exposure is like really tough for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people out there, um, do you have any tips uh, for people who are, who are wanting to get into like breaking down their habits and putting themselves in cold or set, yeah. walking in the, snow? The big thing is you got to go all in, you know? Just so like, so more like metaphoric stuff, you know, the, the, what is it? I think Joe Campbell has a quote like the, 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 cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek you know so mm-hmm. it's it, you're going directly into the mouth of the dragon is something yeah. that i've heard somebody else say before like when there's a thing that you're afraid of oftentimes the solution to that is to go all the way into it so with the cold plunging when we go in and we just kind of like go like ah, 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 ah. we just kind of hang out at like belly button level yeah. by you placing your neck and your face that activates that mammalian dive reflex and it literally starts to you know, sh- shift your autonomic nervous system shift your physiology to be able to more comfortably be in that environment so that you know it's like a metaphor and it's also literally the way it works if you go just all the way in yeah. get your face in that's actually going to be significantly easier than if you're kind of like uh doing this in and out kind of up to the nipples right type dance like many people who've who have came like hey christian can i use your cold plunge and it's like one toe first yep. and then then a heel and i'm like just go just go just in go. it is so much worse for people who just like you said don't go all in or surrender really yeah you gotta surrender because the first cold plunge i ever did was with you actually oh and, cool and i remember i was like resisting like i was stiff yeah. my shoulders were really high up and i was like kind of shivering and i only did like 30 seconds and then you went in and I saw how relaxed you were, right? Mm-hmm. It was a full surrender. You're like, it, the water went to your chin and then you put your head under and then you came back up. And now I'm doing the same thing with people who come to my cold plunge. I'm like, no, you got to be all in, yeah. you know, because the resistance, it's like, it's in your head and then you just, you're out. Yeah. Um, I was in New Jersey, but back, back in our area, yeah. Pennsylvania, 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 New Jersey. Represent. So you know how cold it gets over there. Yeah. And I was there right around Christmas time and first time ever I went into the ocean in my life in the winter and I went in and it was all in. It was like, it, it was funny. As I was walking towards it, I was like, fuck, I don't want to do this. What am I doing? What am I doing? You know? But to be honest, you know what was like my saving grace? I had a bathing suit, no shirt, but I had a winter hat and the winter hat was like, this is my saving grace. It's going to keep me warm. That's what yeah. I told myself mentally. And I went in all in freezing, Yeah. but I felt so good. Yeah. So good. And I had COVID right oh. in that week and i'm not this is not medical advice but i'm but my experience when i did that i came out of it i never had one more symptom after mm. that it was the craziest thing if people are uh really cold or really warm want to have like a hack for how to do that better or to warm or cool your body more efficiently it would be exposing your uh, glabrous skin glabrous being your face your hands the bottom of your feet like the hairless kind of like rough skin mm-hmm. Um, and the, the structure of the veins to the arteries are such that it cools your core body temperature down quicker than any other place in your mm, body. Mm. It's called arteriovenous anastomosis is the techie, mm. techie term for it. I remember it. But it's like an yeah. abbreviated shortcut to that. Yeah. So if you ever, so in that scenario, it was the top of your head, which is a little, you know, your forehead. Um, but yeah, if you're ever in some scenario where you kind of, you know, you need to get a temperature quick. Yeah someone say something is hypothermic or something of sort, uh, warm up 
their feet, warm up their hands, warm up their face. Warm up their face. And if you're in a cold plunge and you're really hurting and you don't want to be in there, but you want to be in there for another 30, 40 seconds, maybe take out your feet. Yeah, yeah. Take out your hands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So very, very, very cool. All right. So that is free, making ourselves uncomfortable, right? Uh, What are some other free interventions that you really hold high as as something that we should be doing as a standard in our lives and and look a lot of people are going to be like i'm really busy i work i have kids yeah what are some of those big bangs for the buck Hmm. well i feel like you've talked about a lot of and you're also you have more depth around conversations of like the impact of sunlight and things of the sort but i think that's like the major one so i'd i would refer to you and past episodes that you've done on that Mm because uh, I think that that's like one of the most massive ones. Obviously grounding in relation to like inflammation and just generally like feeling good, you know, is another one that's that's really important. But you just, we need to consume nature. <laughs> like we have nature deficit disorders is like someone else's term. Big time, I love that. Yeah. But big time. You just need to consume nature. Yeah. So you consume your your visual environment, you know, and most of us are consuming... Um, again, someone else used, brought up this term, but like we're consuming junk light. So it's not junk food, it's junk light. Mm-hmm. You know, So we want to get that full spectrum sunlight. It's incredibly nourishing. And for the most part, we're kind of getting like, like Alan Watts refers to um, not light, but other things as we're consuming the, the menus and confusing it for food. So throughout the day, we're kind of doing that with the light that we're taking in as well. You know, we get these signals that it's like light, and we're like thinking sunlight, but it's only partial spectrum light, mm-hmm. so that LED and all that stuff. And then the same thing, you know, when you go to bed, paying attention to the lights that you're using. When I got here, I just got to, back to LA um, a couple days ago. First thing that I do after like jet lag and all the things like getting off the plane um, is come back to my place, kind of get everything organized. And I had a couple candles. And, you know, I lit a bunch of candles in the house. And it's like this soothing it's nice. environment. Yeah, like looking into fire. You know, it's these things. It's, 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 I mean, that's your whole ancestry, millennia. Your eyes have adapted to once the, once the sun goes down, it's time to build a fire. And we hang out around the fire and we share stories and we look into the fire and we get lost in the fire. Love that. I'm over here thinking, thinking, okay, non-toxic candles. How can I get these to my house? How fast is it going to take? Yeah, but but why haven't we even spoken about that enough? Is that, yeah, we have adapted to fires and sitting around the fires and community around the fires and connections around the fires. Oh, yeah. Um, so I love that. And did, did you find that that, does that help you sleep better when you're traveling if you have oh, access to candles? Yeah. And I'm not always doing that. I yeah. mess up a lot. Yeah. You know, there's like lots of times where I'm like scrolling the cell phone or, you know, whatever the situation is. But last night, particularly because it mattered, I had like a big day today. So ideally we think of every day as a big day, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think having that accountability is really important. You know, maybe if you have like, a, if you're dating someone, have that accountability with each other. Share yeah. that. It's like, let's let's try this thing. You know, after eight thirty, we're going to turn the lights out and kind of have like red lights. Get salt lamps, get candles. You know, dim the lights. Whatever you have to do. I think having that accountability is really important mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. at least. How do you, how are you with accountability? Uh, as far as light, lighting? as far as things in general, accountability. Ah, uh, I've I've with yourself. Part well, part of a big habit has been 
deferring to helping others instead of accountability for myself, right? right. Like, you know, the, the shoemaker with no shoes. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, which is honorable, right? It's a badge of honor in, in my head. It's very puritanical. But yeah, but it's not, you know? <laughs> so I, since, since making that realization, um, have, have been becoming more accountable first as to like, do I feel healthy? Do I feel good in my body? Do I feel confident, mentally stable, spiritually aligned? And then I can give, you know, through all the mediums that we love giving I, through. I think we have a certain set point for everything. We have a financial set point. We have a biological set point. We have a social set point. And I think that a big part of changing our health and our, our structure, our posture, you know, our relationships or everything comes down to a part of it comes down to the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Have you ever felt like too healthy or like you're making too much money or like you're like something where you're kind of like feeling like this should just be good, but then perhaps subconsciously or consciously you'd be paying attention to it. You start kind of activating some sabotaging devices to yeah, kind of bring you on, back on to some a place. Parts of, yeah. On some parts of my life, for sure. Have you really noticed that or are you just... Are you for just... sure. No, I have. I have. I've, I've Self-sabotaging was a word that I've noticed as part of some parts of my personality a few years ago, back when I was living in Topanga, right. when I was really looking at myself, I was like, I kind of do self-sabotage, especially it was in relationships more than like work. Yeah. You know, sure. in work, it's like, I, I, I give it, yeah. right? Because I know that this is part of my purpose, but uh, it, it happened a lot in relationships. So I catch it. I'm like, oh, you know, like, can I bring in more awareness into how I'm feeling before I'm even like starting a fight for no reason? you know? Sure. And those are just these adaptations that we've sucked up throughout our lives, you know? And uh, they they served its purpose when it happened, but, you know, it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. Some, I, sometimes you need to change your entire environment, I think, you know, to be able to have that, that, that feedback to actually be able to like hold the change. And that's something that happens oftentimes, I think, in uh, some of like the, the popular conversations around using psychedelics and things of the sort. I think there's a lot of like, cool, you did the thing, you went to Peru and now suddenly you're like this transcendent master, yeah. but you haven't changed anything in your life. Mm -hmm. So you come back, you, you know, Samadhi, see God for two minutes and then you come back and all the same patterns creep back within yeah. two weeks. Yeah, big time. So it's, it's, it's not enough just to look out the window and see that there's more. You actually have to come back in and say, what's this structural mold that I've been shaping to feel comfortable within these habits mm -hmm. for the last however long? Mm -hmm. And so a part of that, I think, you know, a, a starting place would be, you know, look at the shape of your house. You know, so we become the shape of our environment. You know, Bruce Lipton, are you familiar with Bruce yeah, Lipton? Yeah, for sure. Biology belief yeah. guy. Um, I did a podcast with him two years ago or so, I went out to his, his house where I they spent the day, guys, very yeah. cute. And that's one of the things that he's said tons of times is that if you want to change a cell in a Petri dish, you change the, the, the culture that it resides within. You don't do anything to the cell itself. You change like, you change the environment, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's, I think an interesting thing just to come back and like, look at your house and like really ask, like, how does my home make me feel? Mm. You're really amazing about this. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're very sensitive to that. Yeah. Like, how does your culture make you make you feel. Yeah. I think that was just an adaptation through childhood where I had to learn how to become sensitive to the environment. Yeah. So for me, I can sense when like the emotional temperature of the room is changing, mm. you know? So I'm like, whoa. Okay. How'd you pick that up? Just in, in my life, how did yeah. I pick it up? 
I, I, I just thought everyone was really sensitive to people's emotions and, you know, the room. It can feel the room. But I noticed that at some point, I think it was through just relativity, friendship and relationships where people like, how did you feel? How do you feel that? You know, how do you know that? How can you sense that? I'm like, you can't sense that. Mm -hmm. You can't sense that. I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. And then I learned through working with people, someone, one of the healers through the year that I work with, she said, yeah, you know, you adapted in your childhood to be extra sensitive to the environment because you had to, but, uh, it's it's a gift, but it's also it's a lot for you, you know. So do you share why why you had to? I don't actually know any particular. Uh, no, not really, stories. not really. It's just growing up in childhood and the environment that I grew up in. I don't I don't open up enough. No, I don't open up about it. But maybe one day I will. <laughs> you can anytime you have a conversation with me. I think you're, there's always like the potential threat I know. that I pull out some lever. <laughs> I know. It's nice You're though. You're like, God dang it. No, it's nice. It's, it's, it's not, you know, I've learned to have Aaron Alexander on the show and my sympathetic not be activated. I'm, I, I'm glad we did the breathing because it added to the parasympathetic. But, but just in, in childhood, becoming extra sensitive to, you know, home, school, whatever it is, right? Think of someone, and I wasn't, but think of someone who's, who's bullied. They would be sensitive to the bully. Yeah. Right, so you would know your your you'd have a very sensitive awareness of the room. I wonder how you have because a lot of people are overwhelmed by that, you know, and a lot you know it's like the your 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 pain is your your gift, you know, like the, the, yeah. that's the thing typically that is uh, upon being resourced enough to integrate it and be able to help other people with that. Like f most people that I I know of, like that is their gift to the world. You know, so it's this thing. It's like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Right. Ah, it's right. like, no, this is why you're here. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, Dr. J. Tita says about uh, soul purpose. He goes, it's not just like, oh, I have all these gifts. It's also like pain and trials and tribulations that you went through that transform into like you, you being uniquely uh, gifted to talk about that mm -hmm. or gifted to connect with people about that or just like have a purpose, like a drive, a fire behind it, you yeah. know? So the thing that you want to run away from, kind of like like calling back to the cold plunge thing, like the thing you want to run away from, um, in fact, oddly, ironically, paradoxically enough, is actually the very thing that's like the most important aspect of of most people's lives. 100%. Which is pretty darn interesting. Yeah, and it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful because it's like we have this abundance of experiences and a lot of them, you know, really affect us in our childhood and our adolescence, but they're all perfect, right? Because like you said, that pain is the very thing that we can transmute into really step into this powerful. How do you think you've been able to leverage and 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 alchemize to use you know, we're in like the 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 woo metaphysical. Yeah. yeah. Um, territory anyway, but how are you able to not be consumed by that, but instead be able to leverage it to have, you know, you're like a very successful person in most, most ways that a person could, could measure success. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You're like a very respectable biological sentient. <laughs> I appreciate that. Being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. That. It's, yeah. big, it's, it's cool. I like yeah. greatly, uh, I have uh, a lot of admiration and respect for people that are able to do that. Yeah. So, how do you not get consumed by the, by the things? By the things. Yeah, and be able to turn it into something. that's like, oh, cool. I'm like producing. You know, I have this podcast and relationships. For me, it was it was first understanding like what my connection to myself is, and that happened years ago when I was in college, and I learned and I read and I started going into like 
quantum physics and yoga and meditation. And I started feeling that there was more than me. Like I had a deeper connection, you know? Mm. And that was everything for my experience, even going through school, my mom passing away, starting, you know, working as a doctor, then working in this podcast. I always had that foundation knowing that like, oh, I have a soul purpose. I have a soul. I am a soul. I'm more connected. I'm connected to everyone. You know, I, I can do good. I knew about cause and effect, right? It changed my moral compass when I was younger. But when I started really taking, a, aside from the spirituality, look, taking a look at myself and my whole experience of life, right? And my relationship with family members and friends and teachers and everything. Then I started seeing like, oh, wow, maybe that wasn't normal. Or, oh, wow, that was really hurtful. Mm. And I started becoming honest with like, no, that, that you, you were hurt here, you know? And, yeah. and, and this was kind of shitty. And look, you were really hard on yourself here. And I looked at all of that as a whole. And then I started seeing that for what it was. And to be honest, psychedelics helped a lot because I got to see myself without like the egoic, like, nah, you're cool, man. You're a cool, calm and collective. It's fine. No, you can be vulnerable and, and shitty and, and gross too, you know? Yeah. And seeing that part of it was really humbling because then I was able to take that part of me and be like, okay, like one, I love you. Two, let's forgive. Let's let go. And that's taken like two, three years. So, and it's the rituals every day. It's the fact that I can take time every day to look at that and go, okay, like I'm ready to let this one go, yeah. you know? So that's how. I'm, because I make time for myself every day, it doesn't drive me crazy and it doesn't take away from my work, hmm. you know? Um, I was, I'm able to have the capacity to show up for clients or a podcast or, you know, that's, that's the realest it can get, right? Like in many ways compartmentalizing, not letting it leak, but also being like, we all have shit. Yeah. I had a great childhood too, you know? And like I had food on the table and I, I had all the toys and all the great experiences, but still we're sensitive beings. I grew up particularly sensitive kid. That's my constitution, you know? Yeah. We can get wrapped up and we can run through cycles of, of continually like doing the work in quotations, which is, um, can be pretty like nauseating to be around when someone's just like always doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like where's relax, the fruit? Yeah. Where's the fruit? <laughs> you got one fruit, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. where's the fruit of the labor? And the other side of that is being, uh, in denial that there is anything to work on. You know, and that's something that I, I noticed. I had one kind of interesting, like, aha moment of sorts talking with a therapist. And um, I had, I, I share in the book, and I've shared in like different podcasts, one of my, my growing up, my home life kind of like destabilized. My dad started using drugs and like this whole, this whole thing. Um, he's now he's doing amazing, better than ever. Now he's like helping other people get through their addictions yeah. and it's very cool. Uh, but when talking with this therapist, for years, I, I had this rehearsed story that growing up and being genuinely like scared, uncomfortable, unstable, not sure what was going to happen next. Not sure if like dad was going to come home, not sure, like like very unstable childhood. I would describe that as like super fascinating, you know, and, and super like interesting and like, wow, like so much, so learned. I got mm -hmm. so much from that experience. Super logical mindset, right? Yeah, very analytical, yeah. dry, like like um, armored. Yeah. And that was how I navigated that when, when talking about the experience for years and uh, with talking with her, I was kind of, I, I did my spiel and she's like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. back up. Like that was, um, you know, really maybe very scary for that boy or it was may very maybe 
um, unsettling mm-hmm. for that boy, or maybe you know, like there's like these more authentic, like no, that's what it was, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to be a big tough guy. Yeah, like in order to heal, you need to be with this, right. and at some point, you, uh, it was the safest thing to do to literally like repress and abandon that version of yourself. And that boy or, or girl is still there. So life, 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 impactful moment, diversion away. That placeholder is still like, okay, I'll, I'll be, I'll be here. <laughs> you to come back, like, yeah. pick me up. Yeah. And that was a very interesting moment. And I'm still, you know, there's still, you know, how do you know what you don't know? But that was a very interesting moment of, of like self-observation of like, oh, I'm like massively in denial. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And it was the same. It was like the same thing. It was like uh, not analytical, logical, but it was just cool, calm and collected. Like, I'm, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know, like I feel good, toxic, positive, good, you know, yeah. rather than being like, you know, there was moments in my childhood, there was moments in my adolescence that 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 kid is still there waiting for my attention, you know? Oh, yeah. Being like, hey, you going to sit with me this year? Right. How about maybe this week, maybe one day? Yeah. Why are you ashamed of me? Exactly. Exactly. Well, it, it, does that lead to the conversation that uh, as men, it, we, it, we're, we're taught not to look at that, you know? Or, or is it just men and women, society? Because a lot of us are ashamed to look at that because I know I was. I had my... I had my avatar cool spiel, you mm-hmm. know, until I didn't. And then I felt way more authentic. I was like, fuck, man, like, I don't want to carry this shit. I don't, I don't want to be cool, calm, and collected. I actually want to be cool, calm, and maybe break, have a breakdown every now and then, you know? Sure. And that's cool. That's real. Um, but what, what do you feel? Do you feel like that, that is a thorn that us men are carrying with us? I mean, there's, I don't know that there's like an us, us men that I could speak to, but... Um, I mean, I, I know for, for me, something that's interesting, I think oftentimes people that are, that seem on the face to be the most well put together, like the coolest guy or the yeah. richest, you know, whatever, or the strongest, most yeah. muscular or the most intelligent, yeah. oftentimes they're the most brilliantly compensated. And so there's, if there's like an insatiable void to be filled and you keep on reaching out to fill it with more business transactions or more, you know, consumption of information or whatever it is, or fancier clothes or a fancier car. Yeah. It's, it's really like a, an interesting kind of puzzle that, that modernity is, is in because those aspects are the things that are, are praised. So many people are a, a, addicted to wealth, addicted to power, addicted to sex, addicted to any of those things. And then culture keeps reaffirming, saying, "You're the man. It's great. <laughs> you are killing You're doing it. good." <laughs> yeah. And so, in some ways, like the destitute drug addict is kind of uh, ahead of the game, in a way, mm-hmm. because culture's like, "Oh, you have a problem." It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience will prove that it's not only delicious but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid scientific research-based rigorous testing. 
They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity, and this is important because we have to understand, coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. A lot of the most sincere, you know, in, in, in intelligent, empathetic, compassionate, like brilliant people are the most disturbed. Anthony Bourdain. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Like every person on the planet loves Anthony Bourdain, you know, and what's his background? I'm pretty sure heroin, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like lots of self-loathing, you know, wake up first thing in the morning and start smoking a cigarette before anything else, you know, like, like, huh, interesting. So a lot of these different um, attributes that culture would be like, ooh, like that's no good. And it, I think it forces that person to be more honest with himself. And what is, why does culture so attracted to Anthony Bourdain? Because he's so uncomfortably honest. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny that you, that you say that because the drug addict and the successful person, uh, P, our friend Peter Crone was here and he said something very interesting. He said, there's not much difference between the uh, millionaire CEO and his drug addict brother, right? right. Growing up under the same roof, yeah. just compensated different. Right, yep. it's just different adaptation mechanisms. Yeah, and uh, you're right. Like the adaptation mechanisms that are literally just digging a deeper hole for us to not look at our stuff, or at least give love to the things we need to see, they're celebrated, man, and it's crazy. Yeah, and so the person that might be experiencing back pain or knee pain or neck pain or uh, irritable, bowel, irritable bowel syndrome or migraines or sleeplessness or anxiety or depression or Everything. you know any ailment at some point there's a root in stress you know at some you know if you go through the the, the definition of like what is this thing it's like well there's stress of something mm-hmm. you know and so if you are navigating the planet from this place of continual contraction, resistance, fear, shame, guilt. Um, and you're holding that because you don't have the resources, you feel comfortable, it's like safe or whatever to be able to like, oh, just let it out, like let it breathe. Mm-hmm. Then your body will navigate the world from this place of, of continual contraction. Yeah, yeah. And we feel it though, that's a thing. We become so used to being contracted, 
right? And living Correct. in shame and fear. And then to be uncontracted is, is unsafe because you know for a fact you're not going to die from the state of contraction or else you'd already be dead. Right. And then when we're not contracted and open, we're like, what is this feeling? Yeah. Right? I got to... <laughs> I got to close up. Ah, I, I feel naked. I, exactly. Yeah. It, it, that, it, you can liken it to that. Like just being naked in the middle of the of a city out of nowhere and you're like no 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 this is not good i'm not supposed to feel like this you know unless you're in austin yeah you know they do naked bike rides over there naked too. Bike rides. i almost got arrested for doing a naked pumpkin run in boulder colorado when was this i when i did get arrested i don't know if i got arrested i don't know actually what get arrested means exactly but i got wrangled by, by just a bunch of cops by the police but you were naked oh yeah with a pumpkin on your head oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and and did you did you did you outbrut them and run away? No, no contact. No, no contact. No contact. So I was I was sat down. I was wrangled with a few other naked naked pumpkin runners. It's like a tradition. Yeah, I don't know if they still do it. It's like twelve years ago. Um, so I sat down. It was longer than that actually. Uh, sat down, and then when the the police turned away, got up. Then they saw me get up. At this point, pumpkins off my head because that would, you know, wouldn't be good for aerodynamics. Right, right, right. Of course, yeah, yeah. slow you down. <laughs> don't want to be top heavy. <laughs> we wish, we wish it was like a, we wish it was like a rocketeer or like a feather <laughs> festival. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you just, you know, <laughs> or shark fin festival. So, yeah, so 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 remove the pumpkin, juke move, roll out down the street naked, got away. But no pumpkin on, on you anymore. Left the pumpkin you as evidence. You retreated the pumpkin. As evidence, yeah. As evidence. Yeah. They never took DNA swabs, so they never found you. No, that's good. That's a great story. Thank you. I didn't know. See, there's always, <laughs> some, there's always something new. Me and you have hung out outside of this podcast many times. This is the first time I'm hearing a story like this. That's great. Yeah, that's good. That's a, what a way to feel liberated. Um, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Where in Colorado was this? Boulder. Shout out to people in Boulder. Shout who, out to Boulder. Whoever, who's ever done it. Yeah, who's ever done it. Yeah. Uh, shout out to you too. I love that we mentioned uh, contraction and fear. Yep. Um, because for me, that's the basis of of so much disease, right? And, I, and I've been really talking a lot about. It's the number one, isn't that on the CDC? It's like the number two killer in relation to, to COVID. For stress. Fear, fear and anxiety related disorders. That's what Sean Stevenson told me. I haven't actually looked at that. Sean is more well-read than I'll ever be when it comes to this stuff yeah. at, at this point because I was just like, yeah. But um, yeah, man, the contraction, the fear is like, you can even logically think about the mechanisms in the body, what happens when you're in a fear state. But long story short, you're just in a cortisol sympathetic dominant state. That's the mechanisms that you're, you're the signals you're giving your body. What are some ways then, or what are some things you do to make sure okay, I'm, I'm actually in a fear state because it's easier said than done. Like you, you can be in a fear state and then you want to come out of it and you're like, oh, I'm not going to really say that to this stranger. I mean, I, I really love this with this stranger. I, I'll tell you this morning, I was walking and it was this guy, he was surfing and, and I walk the beach every morning. And part of my work that I've been doing is speaking to strangers and because a hard thing for me is giving affirmations and or my challenge uh, is giving affirmations? Giving words of affirmation. Oh, really? Yeah, like, Why is hey, that uncomfortable for you? I don't know. It's just, it's something that I, uh, it's it's something that has never developed well in me. Oh, wow. You know? All right. And so I, once a day, I try to do it with a stranger. So this morning, this guy was surfing. And like, I sometimes pay attention to some people surfing, but I never really seen anyone surf. They're just kind of hanging out on their surfboards. And it's, there's this wave and this guy's like just, shredding the surf, quote unquote. And he's just killing it. I was like, yo, this guy's amazing. 
<laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like 50 yards ahead of me. And then he, he like gets washed ashore and he's just standing and watching the waves. And I was going to say something. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say, but I felt the same feeling of contraction uh. and fear in my throat. And, and it's crazy because after I passed him, I made excuses. I was like, oh, I had my glasses on. I wouldn't have been able to like make good guy contact or anything. Just all these excuses. And then you know what I felt? My throat started getting tight mm-hmm. and my chest started getting tight. Like immediately more tight than it was before I passed the guy. Yeah. And I, and I, I say this because a lot of us probably are walking around with that contraction and not even knowing where it is in our body. But if we can identify where it is in our body and, and know the very things that we need to express that, then it can be really helpful. But back to the question, what are, what are some of the things that you do to make sure you're not in that fear state? How do you keep yourself expansive? And not, I know it's, it's a hard question because not, we're not always like that all 24-7. But what are some tips that you have for us to be really walking more authentically? Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that was really like the, the intention of creating a book in the first place was to, to essentially just provide all of the the tangible tips wrapped up into one like field manual, you know, of like one of the things that would be obvious would be um, changing your visual field. And so when we are myopically focused in on a thing, um, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Huberman, he's, you know, quite brilliant with mm-hmm. all of this. Um, and he helped actually review the, the visual chapter in the book, thankfully. Um, when we're myopically focused in, that's going to cue our autonomic nervous system up to be ready to go. You know, so to be more in that sympathetic, activated, like drive forward. Potential threat in the room, all of our our visual muscles, are, they narrow in right on that one thing. The opposite of that would be going into that, that panoramic view where you can kind of take it all in. You know, And so that's probably a part of why you're attracted to taking walks on the beach because it's inherently soothing for a you know a ton of reasons mm-hmm. um, you know sunlight and grounding and you know just like the the, the quality of the air and everything um, you're probably barefoot yeah. you know you're probably going through very contours of the floor so it's like this it's like yeah, it's yeah. like this sensory soup you know and so when we dumb our sensations out um, you know I, th- I think there's something to that where we become hungry We've become like hungry ghosts. Mm-hmm. Do you know the hungry ghost Mm-mm. metaphor? Hungry ghost is is um, Gabor Mate, someone you'd really appreciate. I know. Yeah, yeah. His, his, I think it, I think is in the realm of hungry ghosts. I think that might be his most recent book. I've done a couple podcasts with him. I really value him a lot. Uh, and the hungry ghost essentially is this mythological creature that has this narrow gullet but like massive stomach, and it's just always hungry, but it can never be satiated. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that when we remove we have this nature deficit disorder. We remove the, the, this, like the, that organic stimuli. There's this inner hunger and we don't know exactly what it's for. Mm. And maybe it comes out in sex addiction. Maybe it comes right. out in food addiction. Maybe it comes out in any of these different, you know, they, like I just watched The Matrix, you know, and so Neo, he's got like this, you know, he can't sleep and he's kind of got this like whirling sensation inside. Like there's something more, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I, I, I feel pretty darn fulfilled um, when I am, you know, doing the consuming nature thing, you know, so the first thing would be saying like, Hey, what do you naturally organically do when you're in nature? You can bring this into the way that you live in your house. You know, you'll, you'll take in the whole room. So instead of always being myopically focused in, which is inherently going to be stressful in a a positive way, um, come out, take in the panorama, like space out. The other thing that you could do while you're in that, that room would be, you know, actively look out a window 
um, is going to be a really helpful thing. There's been research in University of Pennsylvania where they uh, specifically p- patients that were in the hospital for, um, I think it was it was gallbladder surgery, and they found that the, the patients were able to be, one, they didn't need as much pain medication if they could just look out a window. So just being, have, being able to see the nature yeah. makes you... The other thing that makes patients need less pain medication is if they have control of their pain medication. So the sensation of control makes you feel less pain. Interesting. You know, and then those those patients would could be released from the hospital. I think it was two days on average earlier. You know, just by like, it's out there. I can see the nature. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I I can feel it. I can look at it. You know, I can I can feel it in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so along with that's the next thing you could do. Bring nature into your house. You know, it's going to be really helpful. But then also leveraging your breath, which is a, w- what we talked about before. So if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling stressed, have a long, oh. Yeah. Audible exhalation is going to be, you know, bonus points, having that, that vibration, mm-hmm. you know, stimulating the vagus nerve and, you know, your, your, your nervous system as a whole. Just starting to like play the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like an instrument that just sits in the corner. It's like covered up with cobwebs. Yeah. Like you got to play the body. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you, man, since I've been doing my morning walk, I mean, I've been, I, I work out three, four times a week, but the, the walk in the morning, right when I'm waking up as like the sun's up, but it's just freshly up. It's, that's been the game changer because my brain focus is better. Mm-hmm. My mood is better. My sleep is better. And it's funny because I was thinking about you the other day when I was walking on the beach. I was near the water, which is really flat. Uh, uh, granted, it's on an inclined, you know, and my left hip is higher than my right sometimes and then walking back. But I also make it part of my beach walk to walk on the soft sand so I get more di- di- like disproportionate yeah. Multi- sand. Yeah, multi- yeah. Multiplanar movement. Multiplanar movement, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The movement coach, he, he, he tells us. I remember you talking about how we just, we don't activate the muscles in our feet fully and like... We, we don't even stress our knees the right way, you know? And yeah. it's, so it, it feels, man, I come back from that walk. I'm telling you right now, I feel great. Yeah. It's not like I'm walking around the block, sidewalk, a concrete with shoes, but something about, like you said, the air, the grounding, the panoramic, yeah, get to see the, the sunlight. That is my non-negotiable. Leonardo da Vinci, he didn't say exactly, paraphrasing, da Vinci said something about feet. He said like they're they're a miracle of technology. They're like a miraculous feat of technology. The feet. The feet. Whoa. So the feet are, you know, there's 26 bones in each foot. There's 33 joints in each foot. There's 7,000 nerve endings in each foot. So they are built to be able to adapt to a wide variety of, you know, varied contours and textures and temperatures and densities mm. and like in the, there, there's a, in the, in the brain, there's a, there's a term called the homunculus, which is, stands for, or means little man in Latin. Have you, you heard ever, this term You ever before? see the picture? Oh, it's very it's interesting. Frightening. It's frightening. Yeah, it's like exactly. Ghostbusters yeah, cartoon. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got, you know, moderate sized genitals and big old feet and big old hands and huge lips, big old lips. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so your body has, I like looking at things from like evolutionary clues, you know, so evolutionarily speaking, you've been endowed with this um, immense amount of sensory uh, information and um, variable adaptability or potential for, for adaptability and variation. So it's like, why there's something there, right? Like it wouldn't just happen that way. Yeah. 
You know, there's a similar thing with, and then like movement of the ankle is associated with the dopaminergic system in the brain. So it's all tied into neurochemistry. You know, as you're moving your body about, it's not just a foot thing. Mm. It's not just a shoulder thing. It's always a full body thing. Mm. Your body doesn't know about these like two dimensional separations. That's stuff that we've learned in order to be able to convey messages to other people in schools. Right. Body has no idea what you're talking about. Mm. No clue. <laughs> you know, and so another space as far as like like observing evolutionary clues would be the the shoulder girdles. You know, so our shoulder girdles are absolutely undoubtedly structured to hang the length of the clavicle, the shortness of the fingernails. Like it's like, you know, to be able to put your hand up behind and touch your own ear, mm -hmm. right? And come back and go into this range of motion mm -hmm. or touch the, the opposite side ear rather. That's something that, uh, uh, from my understanding, I've never done this with a monkey. From my understanding, a monkey wouldn't be able to do. Oh, okay. You know, so know like that. monkey bars would be, it would be more appropriate to refer to them as, as ape bars or human bars. Right. Or, you know, like, but they're not monkey bars. Like we do that reach up, grab, hang really well. Look at any kid. It's just innate. Whoa, it's like beautiful. Yeah. They're, you know? they're in their body. Man. And, they're then, flowing. and then something happens where you divorce yourself of these innate abilities. And then here comes, you know, the issues that are kind of like the baggage attached yeah. to that. And so an interesting um, thing that people can do again, like, like applicable skills to change your life right now, just get a pull-up bar in your house. So simple, you know, and, and I, we probably talked about this before, so I, I won't go too deep into it, but there's a, a, a doctor called Dr. John Kirsch, orthopedic surgeon, wrote a book called Shoulder Pain, found that 90, um, 90 out of 92 patients that he did this, there was, they did a, 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 a research study with it, found that 90 out of 92 patients were completely resolved of any of their shoulder impingement syndrome or the pain that they were experiencing just by going through a basic hanging protocol mm. with a few exercises. Mm. So that's what we break down in the Lie Method book in, in the, the hanging chapter, how to do this, why to do this. Like it's, it's so simple. So and it's just easy. 90 seconds a day in total. What happens is you're doing that, it opens up a space called the coracoacromial arch, which is a place that commonly gets bound up and, and kind of just like gets impinged. And then you can't raise your arm up over your head. That especially happens when your shoulders are raised up, kind of like your tense or stress, you know, or you have that medial rotation, your shoulders rolling in. Suddenly that tissue literally starts to, to kind of get closed off. Now I can't bring my arms up over my head anymore. Shoulders aren't just don't just exist in a vacuum. Every time you try to raise your arm up overhead, you can't get that range of motion because you're blocked out because you don't do what the shoulders are built to do. Right. You know, hang every now and again, among other things. Now you borrow that range of motion from your lower back. Mm, that makes so sense. So now when I go, uh, yeah, uh, I go, I go, back. ah, there we go. Cool. Gotcha. This is, this is, my hands are all the way up there. Putting extra stress on your but back. But now right? I'm dumping my lower back and I'm flaring my ribs and all of my potential access to power has been broken because this central channel, like the, like the, the, the uh, what's it called? The chassis of my car mm -hmm. is like mm. busted. So now any kind of athletic endeavor that I get into, it's like I'm dumping power all over the place. And my central nervous system doesn't trust me because my spine's out of alignment. Mm. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. 
But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open. And I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s, and, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there, and a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with Omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Peori's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Peori is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Peori.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Peori. Man, that's fantastic stuff because it's so true. I remember as I was doing, and I still have the hanging bar in, what was it? Like probably six weeks of doing it. And it was 90 seconds. I had the best mobility I've ever had in my cool. shoulders and my chest. And you know, I noticed my posture was better, man. Of course. It it's not. Just, so there's no shoulder. Sh there's no part of you that's in a vacuum. Right. Which is not the way that like I thought, especially like in the fitness industry, back when I was in college, I was like, yeah, working out, you know, personal training, bodybuilding.com. It was like yeah. so isolated. Sure, there was that's my holistic. whole background. Yeah I, re yeah, I remember. But, and then I noticed like, I was more open of a person too. I swear it's crazy. Like my chest is out. I, you talked about on the first podcast, like just even your posture lends to your confidence, lends to your mood, lends to how you interact with the world. And memory acquisition, which is interesting. There was, I, I referenced this one in the in the, the book as well. There's a study from San Francisco State University and they uh, found that they had two different groups. Uh, one group, they had them in a hunched over posture, which is like essentially like common 
chair sitting posture, phone in front, screen in front, or yeah. that position. And then uh, in the book, I'd refer to that as the, the mopey archetype. Mm-hmm. It break down five different postural archetypes. And then the other position I would call the aligned archetype is just upright, strong, balanced, you know, that position. And what they found was that people in that hunch over posture, it was easier for them to access uh, painful, uncomfortable memories. When they're in that upright posture, it's easier to access more like uplifted, feel-good memories. Wow. And it's like, duh, like of, of course that would be the case. You've anchored yourself. Every person wins a race the same way, every person loses a race, race the same way. Every person, when they're happy, they go, ah. And they're sad, they go, oh, right? If you put a pencil in between somebody's teeth and the, the pencil, I think they probably call this the pencil study. You probably heard of this one too. A pencil in between your teeth, you just fake smile. Suddenly you start to find things more comical. Yeah. You, know, you perceive the world in such a way that matches that, that postural expression. Mm. You put a golf brow in someone's eyebrows or a golf brow, a golf tee in someone's eyebrows, I go like resting bitch face position. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you see the world from more of a lens of being irritated. Isn't that crazy? No. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, not crazy. It, it's, it's like it's literally. It's like so duh. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy that we never, ever like put these two together in, in, in like our common consciousness, you know, or like we didn't even learn about it in school. You well, know? you did. Uh, anybody that's halfway sensitive did learn about it. They just haven't put language to it. Yeah. And so if you are learning about these things, and so the reason this, this is relevant and it is such a, like a dumb moment where you're like, of course, is that's a, a, one of the only universal languages that humans have access to, right? Mm-hmm. Tone of voice has a, a consistent indication. If I say something and I'm being, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lying, I might, unless I'm a really good liar and I'm able to override that. Yeah. Then you might notice my voice go up a little. No, of course not. Yeah, no. Just, yeah, just like when we started the podcast, <laughs> and you said this was your first fight, or you flew to this one. I already knew. Right. It's a sensitive evolutionary. Yeah. If we go into some part, we start talking about some issue that you're uncomfortable with. You might notice, oh, like, like my my voice cracked. Yeah. Where did that come from? Right. Right. So that universal. That's just human. I don't care what language you speak. You go into some other place, like you can make those tonal connections. Mm-hmm. You can make those body language connections, those facial gesture connections as well. Um, I referenced this this fella, and I've done a podcast with him called Paul Ekman. He's either like top 10 or top 100 most cited psychologists on the planet. He went to um, Papua New Guinea, among other places, to study the, I think it's called the facial gesture hypothesis. And essentially what the, before Darwin, from my understanding, his belief was that facial gestures are something that we're learning. So this isn't just something that's just like innate. You know, so if you go to some tribe in Papua New Guinea that they've never seen anybody else, they might laugh and go like, oh, you know, or something else. And so Ekman had this whole thing. Um, He he discovered or or defined 10,000 specific facial gestures, all with specific meanings, and found that it's a universal thing. Facial gestures. Facial gestures, universal. Gang signs, something you learn. Facial gestures, every gang in the world, same facial gestures. It doesn't matter. And so what that is as far as why would that be, because there is a little bit of a still maybe a gap or a jump of like why would that, okay, cool, universal language. It's all tied into um, various different nerves that are tied into your autonomic nervous system, cranial nerves specifically. Um, But from a, say like, 
NLP. Are you familiar with NLP? Yeah. So in NLP, you might say, uh, you might do a thing called anchoring, right? So before you do something that you care about, you do a podcast, you, you go to the big game or business meeting or whatever, um, you might listen to a specific song because it like hypes you up. So you can get in the habit of listening to that song every time you go into that thing mm -hmm. to start to almost like like have like an acquired memory of that state. Mm -hmm. I hear that song, I'm like, whoa, I'm, like, I'm in that place. We have that same thing happening, that same system of how that song reminds you of that, that feeling that you've wired in. We do that with our postural patterns as well. Mm. You know, so every time throughout the beginning of since you were a, a baby, when you feel scared, your postural patterns are the same. When you feel happy, they're the same. When you feel like all of it. And so all of your memories have been logged in that position. Wow. Yeah. So when you go back into that position, you open up that whole index of, oh, yeah, we're winning. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's like the middle of a Wednesday, yeah. you and, could be winning. Yeah. And it's not to say, and then the issue comes here where you can start to get into like, start roaming into like the positive vibes only uh, terrain, right. which is a super bummer. You don't want positive, that'd be weird. Yeah. You know, so it's like, be okay with, Sometimes you could slouch. Yeah, be okay with being really uplifted. Yeah. Like have access to all of the colors of the palette and, you know, be able to seamlessly move throughout them. Like that's an expressive human being. I love that. That's embodied. You know, uh, you know you'll, you'll appreciate this. I was walking back from one of my walks and I was like, what is it to be embodied? And I was like, embodied. And I was I kept walking and I was like, embodied. This was a few weeks ago. And then I was like, in body, embodied, in body. It means to be in your body. That's right. It means to fully be in your body. Like you said, the whole index, all the colors to be in your body, right? Uh, we spend so much time here, but there's no one who appreciates movement and the design of the body more than I know in my life than you. Hmm. So being in body is so important. And uh, and you embody that embodiment, mm. so it's 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 awesome stuff, man. And, and you're you're I feel like you're about to say something else, and I'm interrupting, so I apologize. But your body, we talked about the vagus nerve before. Eighty percent of the of the pathways in the vagus nerve are afferent, meaning they're going from body to brain. The efferent ones are coming top down. So most of that information through you know from the heart, as they get to this like the Heart Math Institute and is actually coming for your brain about your viscera is actually going body up. You know, so as we're to start to pay attention to that, you know, like that, I think that that's like the keys to the castle. A lot of the castles exist with starting to Bessel van der Kalk in his book, The Body Keeps a Score, quote that he has in there is physical self-awareness is the, the key to releasing the tyranny of the past. Mm. Didn't say exactly that, but something like that. So starting to come into that physical self-awareness, start to observe, man, you know, there was a moment at some point in time that I felt like I needed to cry and it wasn't a safe place to cry because yeah. of stories that I tell myself or that moment genuinely just wasn't appropriate. I needed to be strong in that moment. Yeah. I put it down and now it's, where is it? <laughs> where do you go? David Blaine. Yeah. You know, magic. Yeah. So no, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's there. Trust me. In Topanga, eleven years of it came out. Yeah, I know it's there. Yeah, and I and and <laughs> would would you agree that a lot of these emotions they 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 manifest a lot aside from like let's say disease, of course, like arthritis or skin disease. Does it start off as just with tension? You, you would say feel? aside from as in aside, they could as it, be as associated. It, no, as it comes into a disease, like as oh, it's, yeah. as it's 
tracking into becoming a disease are the first indications tension in the body? Like, do, do, would you agree with that? Do you, do you, do you notice that in your work? I, I think I might have a better response in like a year. Mm. <laughs> like, I think... When we have you on for our episode four. I think like intuitively... Yeah, right, I'm setting it up. I think intuitively, like for sure, um, but not everything is just some emotional traumatic infliction that created a contraction and a resistance and like a collapsing in some part of the body, which leads to whatever type yeah. of irritation or inflammation. Um, there's also environmental conditions and there's also, you know, irritants of all, all sorts that ultimately would cause the body to go into some type of defense response. And then, you know, maybe there's something about environmental conditions that catalyze that response that certain people are attracted to. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they attracted to that? Yeah. Makes sense. We'll get, you, we'll get you back on a year to cover that. That'll be a whole nother, another podcast, another topic. All right, man, look, the book, Align Method. Yeah. This is, this is would you say this is the updated, upgraded? Because you know what? You came out with this, what, two years two ago? Two years ago, yeah. And, and we, we talked about it, but this one is... I love this one. This is, this is excellent. So, the, so, so one, um, you know, so this is, I went through a revise the whole thing. We added a new chapter at the end that's all movement focused. So take people through a series, probably take maybe 40 minutes or so to go through the series and gets in and really cleans up every nook and cranny of your joints in a very simplistic, effective way. And so that was one of the things I thought was, could be supportive in the book is just more movement. And, you know, when you write your first book, I think that it's an interesting thing. Like you, you're told that publishers are going to kind of like convince you to do different things than what feels like exactly what you want. And then you're like, nah, that won't happen to me. You know? And so there were certain things about it. Like I didn't like the cover. I didn't like the subtitle. It just felt a little bit like I allowed it to be kind of like all American fitness type thing. Yeah. This book is, I mean, it just feels much more authentically me. You know, this is like, Amazing. this is the real thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I got my copy. This is my copy right this here, right? Copy, this is yeah. a gift. This is a gift. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And I'm going to, I'll be reading this ASAP, but um, cool. thank you, Mr. Aaron Alexander, now living in Austin, Texas, mm. formerly of Los Angeles, formerly my friend that I hung out with all the time. Formerly. Yeah. <laughs> I got so much love for you, bro. <laughs> uh, like as, as I always close when we're working together uh, and we do podcasts, what you're doing in the world is, is it's incredibly profound. And, and uh, I don't think that I'm yet appreciating it until I'm learning more about the body mm. and, and community and spirit and everything. But there's something so special about your work and you. So thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Appreciate y'all for tuning in as well. And um, yeah, man, I just appreciate this moment. Before you go, hold on. Where do we get this? How do we get it? Go to, to thealignbook.com. It'll be the location. What's yeah. your Instagram? Align Podcast, A-L-I-G-M Podcast. If you want to see Aaron do all the crazy stuff, and by crazy, <laughs> I mean the stuff that we should all be doing, i.e. getting back to nature, yeah. go check out his uh, Instagram page and Instagram stories. Uh, I'm a big fan. Appreciate that, man. Hi, brother. Man, every time Aaron is on this show, he is dropping bombs. He is dropping some enlightening information. I'm so happy we got to have him on the show. If you enjoyed it or if you enjoy Heal Thyself, please rate, review, subscribe, support the show so we can keep growing and doing right by you and everyone else. Love you all and I'll see you next week.